The title of tonight is Fear Dies Tonight. And I know a lot of you guys are like, hey, whoa, 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 what's going on? Why are we listening to the whole, you know, you don't want no problems with me? It's because it coincides with the message. I believe that fear is something that the devil uses to stop a lot of us from getting to where God calls us to go. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to explain this as best as I can. I believe that uh, a fear is what the devil tries to use to stop you from getting for what God already called you to go to. So, uh, for example, you have a destination that God wants to take, to you, take you to. You have a place that God wants to take you to, but the devil will put fear in you to try to stop you from getting to where you need to go. And you might, well, I don't believe that. Fear ain't going to stop me. Well, it's kind of obvious that a lot of us, the reason why we don't take certain steps in in God is because we feel fear. We feel fear. I remember growing up, I grew up in church. Uh, I didn't really live like it, but I mean, now I do. But back then, I grew up in church, and my dad was a pastor. And and at the time, he would stay at church all hours of the night. And I remember, uh, because I was in church so much, the church went from being like a church to like my house, right? It became like my home. I spent all these hours there. That's why I played games. That's why I had my first kiss. It's it's, it's some lit times, y'all. That's where where I did a lot of things. Church was like my everything. So I remember I used to play inside of where we had the youth services, right? But the thing was, I would would get so thirsty because we would play like this roof was like, the youth to the youth service room was like, 100 feet high, and it was this huge room, so you could play basketball. We put basketball courts inside the actual place where we had church and play basketball. That's how big this place was. We played football, all types of things we played. And I remember me and my friends would play, and I would literally uh, uh, get so tired and I'd get thirsty, so it was time to go get water. And this church was like a huge church, so to get from where I was at to get to the water fountain, there was like this long, dark hallway. Right? So, um, and this hallway is like 150 feet long, right? And it's where they did all the nursery stuff. So there's like a bunch of windows. Anything could just pop out at any moment. So um, I I remember I would get mad thirsty, like playing with my friends, running up and down, playing football, playing basketball. And I'd be like, man, I'm going to go get some water. And when I go and open the door and I see the long hallway, I'm like, I ain't even thirsty no more. Uh, I'll be I'm not going to get nothing to drink. And then I'll go back, play with my friends. And then like an hour, two hours later, I'll be like, uh, let me go get let me go get some water. And I go by myself. And I'm like, I'm throw something in the hallway just to make sure if anything gets it, it gets it first. You know what I'm saying? Man, I'm not that thirsty. And then it came to the point where I was like, yo, I got to get something to drink. Like, I, I got to drink. So I opened the door, and there's a long hallway. And I see all the way at the end of the hallway the exit sign. And that's, that exit sign was red, so it made it even worse, right? It's like a red light at the end of the tunnel. And, um, and I remember I would look at it, and then I would say, you know what? I'm going to walk. So I will just start walking. And um, immediately I started to hear things, right? <laughs> and I'm walking. I'm walking down the hall. I'm looking up. I'm like, looking through the windows. And every time I turned around, I would get so scared. And then I'll look back and I'll see a girl standing there waiting for no but but in my mind, in, in my mind, I see something waiting for I'm, I just get scared and I'll run back. Oh, oh, I don't even like water. I hate water. I don't want no water. And I'll go back and I wouldn't go get no water. And I go my whole life not drinking water. You wanna know what the thing is? 
the water fountain was over there. I was over here. I couldn't get to it because of fear. And the devil uses fear. The devil looks at your life and he says, okay, he needs to get there. He's right here. Let me put a hallway of fear on the way so as he walks, I can send him back where he came from. The only thing that's going to stop you is your fear. You want to know what's the craziest part? craziest part is the water fountain, if I was to get there and I would drink, it worked. There was not a doubt in my mind that that water fountain was going to work. It, I get there, I, all I got to do is push the button and water was going to come out. The, nothing changed about the water fountain. But the thing was that I was on the other side. You want to know something? Where God has called you to go, it's already waiting for you. It, it doesn't need any work. It doesn't need anything to fix. God is waiting for what he called you to be. All you got to do is get past the hallway. But the devil looks at you and says, if I could just get a hallway and get him a little scared, Good. Look at the person you say, don't be scared. And don't be scared. So the question is, question is, question is, if the devil is going to use fear to stop you, what are you afraid of? Because if you know that the devil's trying to stop you with fear, how are you going to fight something if you don't admit to what you're afraid of? How am I going to, if the devil's using things to stop me, if he's using fear to stop me, I need to know what I'm afraid of so I can attack that fear so I can make it to where God called me to go. Next thing I want you to tell your neighbors, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? What type of thing is the devil using to stop you? For some of us, for some of us, it's labels. Labels. And you might lose it. What do you mean label? Labels. How many times have you told yourself, or someone told you, or, or, or anyway, your mind would tell you, oh, you, you, you can never be that worship singer. You know who you are. That's the, you know, the devil's favorite thing to tell you is, you know who you are. You know who you are. You know who you are. Only reason why the devil tells you you know who you are is because he knows that you don't know who you are. Because if you really know who you are, you would know who you belong to. So whenever the devil tells you, you know who you are, you say, I know who I am. I know who I belong to. I belong to the God who died on the cross and defeated death. But the devil will tell you if you don't know who you are. He'll tell you, you know who you are. Another thing the devil likes to label you is that you can't make it. You can't, you know, you can't make you sin too much. You can never be that preacher. You can never be that person that invites your friends to, they know who you are. You can't do it. And the label is put on you and people label you. And you look at yourself, you say, I can't do nothing. You know what's the craziest part? The devil, he tells you what you can't be because he's afraid of what you are already called to be. I'm going to say it again. The devil tells you what you cannot be because he is afraid of what you are already capable to be. So whenever the devil tells you something, you need to take it under consideration and say, you're telling me this because you're afraid of what God is going to do through me. But the devil, the devil likes to put labels on you. He likes to label you and tell you, you're not going to make it. You're not going to do it. So what you need to do is you need to understand that the devil is a liar. It says in the Bible, if we throw the first verse up, it says, you belong, and this is Jesus speaking in John 8, 4, 4, it's Jesus speaking. And he says, you belong to your father, and you want to carry out your father's desires. Then it says, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding the truth, 
for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. When the devil lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar. The other translation of that verse says, it literally says, the devil is a liar in this one. And in the literal translation, it says, the devil is the father of lies. Are you understanding? So when the devil tries to put a label on you, you need to understand that he's lying to you. So when the devil tells you you can't make it, the first thing you got to look at him and say is, well, I know that you're a liar, so whatever you tell me, I got to flip it. Every time the devil speaks, it's kind of like opposite day. Everything he says is the opposite of what you're really going to become. I literally believe that the devil was born on opposite day. Like, everything he tells you is the opposite of what you're going to become. So when the devil tells you, no, you can't do it, you can't make it, you need to look back and say, you don't know who I belong to. The devil looks at you. Man, because the devil looks at you, that should give you more faith to go and do it. When the devil devil puts a label on you, that should give you more passion to do what you're called to do. Because the devil's going to look at you and say, no, no, I label this, I label that. And you're going to look, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You can't stop me. You can't do nothing to me. If one more label try to stop me. Y'all not with me. Y'all not with me. Y'all not with me. Y'all not with me. If one more label try to stop me, it's going to be some dread. Cut off, cut off, cut off, cut off, cut off. If one more label try to stop me, there's going to be some dread angels up in this lobby. <laughs> That's the remix. If one more label try to stop me, Jesus is going to step in my situation. And you're not even going to believe who The thing is, the devil don't know who he's talking to. You ever heard when people are about to fight and they say, you don't know who you're talking to. Sometimes you got to tell the devil, you don't know who you're talking to. When the devil speaks, it's kind of like opposite day. You got to take it for what it's worth. Absolutely nothing. You got to take it for what it is and say, yeah, that's cool, but you've got a total different thing for me. Jesus. Some of us need to put the devil on check. Some of us need to look at the devil and say, oh, no, no. Why Christians get so hyped when somebody take their jacket off? I'm just taking my jacket off. That's it. It's hot. Y'all not hot? I'm hot. Y'all need to put the devil on check. Do you know who you talking to? You don't know me. If we be on a basketball court, I be playing, and then there's, the one, there's that one guy who, like, sees my height, and he's like, oh, this guy sucks, right? So he sees me. He's like, oh, this guy can't do nothing. I'm looking at him like, you know, you don't know who you talking to. And he's like, hey, man, I'm going to check this kid, and then I start show my little movie. I was with Jeff and Dale the other day. I was putting the work in. I made some kid spin around. And then and, and after I looked at me, I said, you don't know who you're talking to. Sometimes you got to put the devil on check. You don't know who you're talking to. Jesus. Another thing that a lot of people are afraid of is the devil. I'm just be honest. A lot of you are afraid of the demonic, which is kind of funny because a lot of us have more fear of the devil than we do have fear for God, which is weird. A lot of us are, ha- we, we, 
A lot of us respect the devil more than we respect God. You come to church and you, I'm not going to worship. I'm not going to worship. But you won't ever lay in your room in the dark and say, devil, if you real, come mess with me. You respect him, right? You respect him. You respect the devil more than you respect God. You won't talk bad about God. I mean, you won't talk bad about the devil because you fear him. But the moment something happens in your life, man, I don't know if I'm going to do this church thing no more, man. I don't even. That's another message. I'm not going to talk about that. Why are we, why? Forget it, forget it. And so, so I'm going to just keep going. So, we put it, and I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to come clean. I, you know, I'm saved now, but I understand, because I was at that point. I had friends in school that I would try to, like, bring to church, and they would tell me, like, oh, Jonathan, I, I love God, but uh, my family dealt with, like, demonic stuff, and I don't want to, like, see Jesus, because I feel like I'm going to open up a door to, like, a bunch of, like, demons and stuff, and I, I look at them, I was like, well, I mean, I don't, I don't believe that, but, and she used to be so scared, her and her friend. Just be so scared, and they come to this church now. I'm not gonna call them out, but they they, they come to this church now, and they used to always say like, Jonathan, I I want to I want to go to church. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus, but I don't want to open that door. And I understand because me personally, I've dealt with the demonic. I've dealt with demons. I remember when I was in the seventh grade, I was gonna go to the sixth, to the eighth grade, and I was in the seventh grade, and I remember um, I had a dream, and the devil told me in my dream, I'm gonna put you in, in jail, right? So I woke up, and if you, if you know anything, you know that the people who pray the hardest are mothers. So I went to my mom, and I was like, at 3 in the morning, I ran downstairs. I was like, Ma, Ma, the devil told me he's going to kill me. The devil told me he's going to put me in jail. He told me he's going to lock me up. And she said, Man, don't worry about that. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Can I tell you, the next day I was handcuffed for something I didn't do. Handcuffed in school, looking like that one bad little kid. And I was handcuffed. And I remember, and I was like, dang. The devil said he was going to lock me up. He's really doing it. The devil said he's going to lock me up. He's really doing it. And I remember the devil said, I'm going to put you in jail. But then my mom came to school, and she sorted things out, and she talked to them, and they got the cuffs on me. I almost had to get a lawyer. Ended up not having to do that because our God is good. But I, I, I remember after that, I feared the devil. And then literally a couple weeks or months passed by, same year, the devil tells me again in a dream, Jonathan, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to get you sick, and I'm going to kill you. And I was like, Okay, I woke up crying, scared out my mind, because I'm seeing a demonic figure tell me, Jonathan, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. That's what he's telling me. So I wake up. I'm crying. And, I, and I'm like, Ma, last time he said he was going to lock me up, and I got handcuffs. Ma, last time, I, I don't know. Ma, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. And I said, just go to sleep. God is going to do something. Go to sleep. God is going to do something. I woke up the next day, and I was sick. Come to find out I had the swine flu when it broke out back in 2009, 10. Hundreds of kids in the U.S. were dying from the swine flu. And I remember I had to take two weeks out of school because I couldn't go. I was contaminated. They had to take me out of school. So I remember sitting home playing video games, trying to get my mind off of it because I used to literally cry while playing video games saying, I don't want to die. God, I don't want to die. And I would have that thing that they put on your mouth so when you cough, it don't hit everybody. I, I, I don't know what it's called, but I had that white thing on my mouth, and I was feeling so sick. I got so skinny, and I just felt so disgusted. Every time I ate, I threw up. I felt so bad. Headaches every day, all of these things. And for two weeks straight, I didn't go to school, and I was tweaking. I was tripping. But then... After we went to the hospital, for some reason, I didn't have it anymore, right? So then, right after that happens, I didn't die. The same night after I got healed, I had another dream. And the devil said, okay, I didn't kill you with the sickness, but I'm going to kill you. 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 
I wake up, I cry, I go to my mom. Mom, devil says he's going to kill me. I already missed a whole month of school. Literally, in, in, in a matter of two months, I missed a month's worth of school, Ma. And right when I'm supposed to go to school, the next day, I just had a dream that the devil was going to kill me. Ma, Ma, she said, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. The next day, I go to a pool, I jump in the pool, and I land on my head, and I crack my neck. And I had to go to the hospital, and my neck, my bone was fractured. It looked like this. It's supposed to look like this, but it looked like this. So when I went to the hospital, this to show you how bad it was. When I was in the hospital, the doctors were crying for me. Doctors aren't supposed to cry in front of patients. I was laying on my deathbed, as it felt, and the, co the, 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 the doctor was crying in front of me, saying, listen, it's gonna be all right. It's gonna, it's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right, don't worry. We're gonna try our best to help you. And then another doctor came in, he stormed in the room. We gotta, we gotta send you in a helicopter because this hospital can't do what we can, we can't help you here. So we gotta send you to a bigger hospital that has more doctors so they can try to fix your neck. Cause if you don't, you're gonna die. So we gotta put him in a hospital. And I'm hearing this. And he's like, we gotta put you in another hospital. So let's get him strapped up and let's get him ready. And let's go, and let's go. And then he leaves and I'm in the room by myself again. And I say, oh my God, I'm scared. The devil says he's gonna kill me. I haven't been in school. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. But then I remembered. I said, wait, wait, wait. The devil said he was going to get me locked up. I had handcuffs, but I wasn't in jail. And then I, and I was like, okay, all right. Maybe that was just a coincidence. But, I was like, but then the devil told me I was going to get sick and die. But I got sick, but I didn't die. And then I was by myself in the room, and I can't make this up. I'm there, and I'm thinking to myself, well, if you didn't put me in jail the first time, and if I didn't get sick and die the second time, then maybe I'm not supposed to die this time. So I had all of this faith in me. I had all this faith, and I remember, and I saw the picture of my CAT scan. My neck snapped like I should have died on sight. And I remember I was in the room, and I just had a feeling like, God is going to do something. Because if I didn't die the first time, if I didn't go to jail the first time, I, I, I'm good. So my mom comes in and she's crying. I'm, and my aunt Odell is coming. And I'm looking at them and they're crying. I'm like, Mom, I know this sounds weird, but I kind of love when, God, when, when stuff like this happens. She says, well, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. I said, no, no, no. I, I swear this is word for word. She just tell you. I, she, I looked at her and said, Mom, I kind of like when stuff like this happens. And she's crying. She said, don't say that. Don't say that. And I said, no, 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 no. Because this shows me how good my God is. He's going to save me. He's going to fix this. He's going to fix this. And in that room, the Holy Spirit came in that place. And then a doctor, the same doctor that said they had to take me out, he said, I don't know why, but when I came in this room, I knew you were supposed to get out. I, can't, I leave. I come back into the room. And I got a feeling just to do another CAT scan. I don't know why. So then he goes, puts me through the whole process. And if it was really urgent, I could have died while being in the CAT scan. Like, my neck snapped. Like, it was minutes before I should have been dead. So if they didn't get me on the helicopter soon enough, then it would have been damaged. But this doctor made the choice to do another CAT scan. So we take more time, and I'm in the CAT scan. My seconds of life are dropping lower and lower and lower. And then when the CAT scan is over, he looks at the CAT scan, and my neck is straighter than ever. Y'all not hearing me. He takes the picture of the first CAT scan, takes the picture of the second CAT scan. He says, I don't know what's going on, but look at your neck here and look at your neck here. And I told him, you don't know my God. The devil tried to kill me, tried to put me in prison, tried to kill me. 
But on that hospital bed, I realized the devil ain't killed me yet. He ain't gonna touch me. And sometimes you need to check the devil. Tell your neighbor, check the devil. Check the devil. You wanna know something? The devil is more afraid of God than you are afraid of the devil. Y'all hear me tonight? The devil is more afraid of the God you serve than you are afraid of the devil. I'm going to give you an example. That's like if I got a big brother and, and, and I have a bully. And the bully is, I'm really scared of him. But I have this big brother and like, like let's say like every big brother in New York is this big brolic guy. So like I have a big brother and he's really brolic and the, the, the bully is trying to bully me. But then I find out that my bully is afraid of my big brother. You don't want no problems with me. You, 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 I look at my bully and I look at him and say, you, I used to be scared of you, but now that I know that you're afraid of my brother and we are related to each other, I know you ain't going to touch me because you're afraid of him. So if it's like that with a brother, the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So this isn't a brother. This is something that's inside of me. This is me. So if you are afraid of the God that lives in me, you are afraid of me. The devil is more afraid of you than you are afraid of the devil. That's why when you hear and you feel like if the devil's going to take you, you need to remind him that he is the one that is afraid of you and not the other way around. You want to know something crazy? The devil is more afraid of God than you are afraid of the devil. But the Bible also says that when the devil was cast out of heaven because of what he did to God, he was named the king of the air. Translation, he became the king of the earth, the king of this world. And this is how we know this to be true. When Jesus was, was, was fasting for 40 days, the devil came up to him. And the devil, in, in, in the regular person's body, he said, listen, Jesus I'll give you all of the kingdoms of the world. I'll give you everything because I am the ruler of this world. I've got this world. The devil owns this world, right? But, but, but the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. We, we know that. But then the Bible also says that Jesus was talking to some people, and he said this. He said, greater you will do in my name than I did. Translation, you will do greater things than Jesus did on this earth. That's what Jesus said. He said, greater things. Look, look. Greater is, not, not this is the next verse. Jesus says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater. So if you believe in Jesus, you have the capability of doing greater things on this earth than Jesus did. So in actuality, yes, the devil's more afraid of God than you are afraid of him. But because you have more potential than Jesus did, the devil's more afraid of your effect on this world than Jesus' effect. I don't think y'all hearing me. Y'all thought, you know, the devil, I, I'm afraid of him. He's afraid of you. The devil is more afraid of you than you are afraid of Jesus. So why do we get so scared if we know that the demonic can't touch us? There's a story about a guy, right? He went out, and this is a true story. I'm not making this up. He went out, and he was doing the work of God, and he was in a room, and he was sleeping. The man of God, he was sleeping in his bed, right? And out of nowhere, a demon came into his room and moved his bed from one side to the other side, took out all of his drawers. This guy's tripping out. He's flipping out, and then he remembers who he is. He says, demon, get out, and the demon leaves, and then he looks at his room and how it's so dirty, and he says, matter of fact, demon, come back and fix my room. And the demon came back and fixed his room. You don't know the God that you serve, y'all. 
You don't know the God that lives inside of you. The demon came into his room, messed it up, and he said, demon, leave. But then he said, wait a minute, I didn't mess this room up. You did. So demon, come back and fix it. Come back into the room that you messed up, and I want you to fix it. And the demon, like a coward, came in, and he starts fixing his, starts folding his clothes, starts making his bed, starts moving his bed back to where he first took it from, starts doing all these things, looking like a coward. Do you know the God that's inside of you? So now that you know this information, the next time the devil tries to put a label on you, the next time the devil tries to stop you, the next time the devil devil tries to tell you who you're not, the next time the devil tries to give you these signs, because the thing is, listen, before before I preached this message, before I was preparing this, the devil was trying to scare me, showing me little demons here and there. He ain't do nothing but make my preaching better. He didn't do nothing, but I looked, was like, oh, I'm preaching about you. You're the one I'm preaching about. And, and they're giving me all these things, trying to scare me. When you know who you are in Christ, nothing can scare you. So you can look at the devil, and you can look and say, listen, you want to mess up my family? You want to mess up my home? You probably messed it up, but I'm going to cast you to go. Matter of fact, come back and fix what you messed up. The devil can't touch you. The devil. Some of us got to look at the devil and say, you don't want no problems with me, bro. Zero problems, big fella. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. Yep. Y'all better get up and give God some praise in this place. If one more label try to stop me, it's going to be some dread hair angels in your lobby. The devil don't want no problems with you. He don't want no problems with you. Y'all don't understand. Y'all don't understand. Let's get serious now. What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of labels? Are you afraid of the demonic? Are you afraid of what people told you? Are you afraid of yourself? Are you afraid of things? Take it all. Put it in the bag. Throw it away. Because God has called you to take you somewhere. And that somewhere, there's a a thing called fear between you and God. But like I said, the place that you are headed is already given to you. Worship team, you could go up. The place that God has called for you, it's already there waiting for you. Come on. I want to go to a story in the Bible. It's about David and Goliath, and it's a big story. And a lot of people know it's about a young man, a young man who was a nobody. Had a bunch of brothers who looked like they were bigger and stronger, more deserving. And then a man named Goliath comes into their town and says, listen, all of you guys... Instead of having a war, how about you guys send one person to fight me? And instead of a bunch of people dying, we'll just fight to the death. But the thing was, Goliath was about 10 feet tall. So everybody in the whole town was afraid of him. They said his armor weighed over 20 pounds, just alone in his armor. They said this guy was so big and so scary that it scared the whole place. And then the thing is, David shows up to the scene, and David's brother looks at him and says, Yo, what are you doing here? Aren't you supposed to be with the shepherds and the sheep? Aren't you supposed to be playing with your harp? And then he looks at him, and he's like, what are you doing? See, the thing is, in the story, when David gets there, his own brother tells him, don't you know what your label is? Don't you know what your label is? Why, why are you here? You know your label. You're a shepherd keeper. You're, you're supposed to be with the sheep. You know your label. You know who you are. You know what you do. You know that you're not worth this. You know you're not supposed to be here. His own brother telling him, 
You're not supposed to be. I believe the devil is using some people to tell you, listen, you're not supposed to be here. Who do you think you are? You're supposed to be with the harp. You're supposed to be with the sheep. Why are you here? You know what your label is. The Bible says that David didn't even pay attention to his brother. Some of us want to argue with the people that tell us lies. Don't even argue. Just don't even pay them no attention. You're not even worth it. And then David gets to the place and he sees Goliath and everybody's scared and he's like, which one of y'all scared of this guy? Are y'all, this the guy y'all scared of? And he starts making fun of the giant. He starts mocking him. Next thing you know, David gets up there and this is where we read off. It says, so David triumphed, triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. So David puts a stone in his sling. He swings it around, lets the stone go. The stone hits Goliath in the head and Goliath falls down to the floor crazy thing is, go back, crazy thing is David didn't have a sword I believe that a lot of us people who are Christians, we're afraid of the devils and the demonic and the demons because we feel like we need to become we need to have something like we're not Christian enough to go against devils once you got Jesus inside of you you, they don't stand a chance. And, 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 and God is saying, we need to be like, David, you don't need a sword. You don't need a bow and arrow. All you need is a sling. What does that sling represent? It represents Jesus being with him. All you need is Jesus inside of you. And if Jesus is inside of you, you don't need to know a lot of the Bible. You don't need to have to go to church a lot. The devil can't touch you. He already lost. And then it gets crazier. So David triumphed over Back to the first one. So David triumphed over the Philistine with the sling and stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. Then David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine sword, drew it from his sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with a sword. David didn't go in with a, with a sword. He killed him with the sling. Why? Because you do not need to be prepared to go against the demonic forces that are with you. But when you destroy the demonic and when you destroy the labels that people try to put on your life, the very thing that was meant to kill you will make you kill them. You're not supposed to make it. Yeah, now you know that you are going to make it. Their sword, his, his sword, you know what the sword represents in the Bible when they talk about the Bible? His sword represents his words. The Bible said your tongue is like a sword. His words, people's words over your life, you're not going to make it. You need to take their words and you need to destroy them. Because God is going to take what people tell you that you're not going to be and he's going to use it to turn you into who he, called, who he called you to be. Take their sword, cut off their head, kill them with the sword. And here's, here's how it all goes out. This is how it all goes down. The only way that you can overcome your fears is if Jesus is inside of you. That's the greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If the next time a demon comes up to you and you don't have Jesus in your heart, if the next time somebody tries to put a label on you and you don't have Jesus in your heart, you might never come back to church. You know how many, so, uh, back in my old church, somebody stopped me and told me that I don't deserve to be where I'm at, that he's better than me. 
and that, that he, he was telling me all this craziness. He was like, yeah, I don't, I, you're not supposed to be, I don't, I don't see the difference between more, me and you. I know more Bible than you. I know more things than you. And if I wasn't a strong Christian, I would have been like, man, you're right, because I don't read the Bible. You're right, because I don't pray enough. You're right, because I don't do it. But because I was a strong Christian, I realized who I was in God, and I reminded myself, I am a child of God, and he lives in me, and as long as he lives in me, I can move forward. When we started this church, people were telling your pastor, my dad was telling him, your church will never go up, grow to be over 300. What if, what if my dad wasn't strong? Where would Newbirth be? Would we even have grown? Would we even have taken off? Would we even have started? Can I tell you that now Newbirth sits 700 people just on a Sunday? What are you going to do with the words that people give you? What are you going to do with the demonic? If you don't have Jesus in you, you don't stand a chance. But if he's in you, it changes everything. Bow your heads and close your eyes. You know yourself. You know if Jesus is really in you. Sometimes we, we, we act like we got Jesus in us, and we trick ourselves, or at least try to trick ourselves to feel like Jesus is in us. But, but God is saying, I need you to be honest right now. I need you to be honest because I'm going to let you know. Now that you know that the devil has no power over you, if Jesus is inside of you, if you don't have him inside of you, the devil's going to try to attack you before you get Jesus inside of you to try to put you in bondage. The devil's going to try to hurt you. If you don't have him inside of you, now that you know that he has no power, he's going to try to strike at you before you have Jesus inside of you. So if you know that you need Jesus inside of you, not only for his protection, not only because of the plans that he has for you, not only for the water fountains, not only for the, the promises that he's called you for, but if you want him for a relationship, I want you to raise your hand at the count of three. If you want Jesus inside of you, if you want him inside of you, no man can touch you, no man can harm you. If you want Jesus inside of you, when I count to three, nobody's looking, nobody's watching, all heads are, are bowed and all eyes are closed. If you want Jesus inside of you, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. You're not alone. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Jesus! Hold up. So now we're gonna make a prayer. Everybody stand up. Grab the hand of the person next to you. Close your eyes and bow your head. And repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm wrong. But I need you inside of me. You've got a calling for me. You've got a purpose for me. You've got something for me. You've got a plan for me. You've got a, a, a job that you've got for me. And I need you in my heart. I accept you as my Savior. I know that I'm wrong. But I accept you. Write my name in the book of life so I can live with you in eternity and that I may lose all my fear. Take my heart. Take my soul. Never let me go. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. And if you want to worship, come to the front and give God a prayer.